from the fabulous and famous Fitzpatrick's Castle Hotel in Dublin, Ireland. You're listening to the award-winning What's the Story podcast. Now, here's your hosts, Danny Murray and Graham Merrow Merrigan. Hello and welcome along to chapter 48 of What's the Story podcast. My name is Danny Murray and Graham Merrow Merrigan joins me as always. How are you, Danny? Great, mate, great. Loving the weather. Graham. Yeah. Do you know what I love as well about the weather? What? The views you get from Fitzpatrick Castle when you're up here. <laughs> yeah. Great it is. As always, we're brought to you from Fitzpatrick Castle in Cologne. Check out www.fitzpatrickcastle.com or go on to Facebook and you'll find them there as well. They're celebrating 45 years up here did, now. Did you see um, they were for, for their celebration? They let off 45 balloons with 45 vouchers. Yeah. And one of the balloons was found in Scotland. Scotland, yeah. What the? Mad, isn't it? It's crazy. Scotland, all the way to Scotland. Yeah. And uh, there, th- then people are going to come over and stay in the wonderful and amazing yeah. award-winning. <laughs> They'll probably eat in the dungeon. It's a great spot. Graham. Yeah. Do you want to introduce our guest this week? Um, I don't mind. Yeah, go on. You, I you never do it, Because that's what, that's what I'm saying. Like, just, you know what I mean? Let's mix it up a bit. You okay. Because it's a good guest, like, so don't, no pressure, but don't, you know. <laughs> Loads of pressure. Don't, don't let them down or anything is all I'm saying, like. Right, this week we have a local lad um, from Cloyney, but now living in the beautiful metropolis of Ballybrack. Um, director, Mark O'Connor. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Thanks no for worries, joining us. Lads, no worries, Thanks for coming in, man. I'm looking forward to this. I love having a chat about all things film and all that, so this is going to yeah. be a good one. But before we get chatting to Mark about all things film and about living between canals and cardboard <laughs> gangsters and all that sort of Here stuff. Here we go with the puns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We love a good pun. Graham, it's time for a little something I like to call housekeeping. Doodaloo. <laughs> one day you will get the jingle right. I what? just change the jingle every week. <laughs> Doodaloo. Brilliant. Uh, Graham, come here to me. I was at uh, Bruce Springsteen last weekend. Oh, yeah. Did you go Sunday? I did. I went on the Sunday and I got to see Bono. Oh. So I was happy out. Bono. What was the response like when Bono came on? Rupturous applause. Yeah. Of course, on social media, people who were there were claiming, oh, that pox always booing him. But nobody did, man. Everybody went mental. <laughs> Place erupted. Everyone for hates Bono. Um, it's amazing how everybody hates him when it's in a public setting but behind closed doors they're like I love that song yeah love that song we wouldn't yeah. say no to Bono and what's the story no or The Edge or Adam Clayton Larry's a bit grumpy is he so yeah I don't know we do a lot it'd be hard work to get him to smile I reckon what did uh, what did Bono sing uh, they sang Because the Night which uh, Paddy Smith made famous but, oh, Br- yeah. but Bruce uh, Bruce does a better version because Bruce does a better version of everything. I can't yeah. get over Bruce Springsteen those three and a half hours. Yeah, unbelievable. And he's 66, man. Yeah, that's... 66 that's years of age. He was three and a half... Non-stop, like... Ridiculous carry-on. And yeah. in the heat that was there on Sunday as well. Jesus, I was born I was. He doesn't even take a break and it's three and a half hours every No week. break. Unbelievable. How come he... Did? I thought he played Saturday, but he didn't play. No, it was fr- Friday and Sunday. Friday and Sunday. He doesn't play Saturdays traditionally or something, does he? No, I've seen him on Saturday before. I don't okay, know. I just made that up. Yeah, you did, yeah. <laughs> Good effort, though. Good Great effort. effort. <laughs> um, no, I think he just, whatever way, maybe something to do with, aren't the residents in Crow Park very moany? Yeah, they can. So maybe they bit. were like, we're not having two nights in a row. And that's what it was. Maybe, what, I don't know, I'm speculating. That's what happened to Gart, wasn't it, last year? Was it last that, year? Uh, two, two years ago. 2014. Oh, wait. Do you know when it was? When did we go see Conor McGregor fight Dustin Poirier? Uh, 2014 September. Yeah, because I was meant to go to Russia, and my visa got rejected. So it was twenty summer 2014. That Garbrooks was meant to play. Jesus. So two years ago. Yep. 
go down Russians get me the Las Vegas rather than Russia. Yeah. <laughs> Danny was supposed to go and see Garth Brooks. That's a bit embarrassing. Yeah, well, I was going to go see Garth Brooks, but then I was meant to go to Russia instead. We got to see neither Garth Brooks nor beautiful, beautiful downtown Russia. Um, but I did get to go to Vegas instead. So, you know, every cloud and all that has a silver lining. Exactly. Um, it's the June bank holiday when this goes live. I only sussed that out which, today. How can you only suss that out? Someone told me it works like uh, I hadn't planned for the long weekend. I was like, lovely, it's a long weekend. Good man. But the June bank holiday means one thing and one thing only. And so does that sun that's belting outside as we record this. What? Exam time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Proper exam weather. This is exam weather, yeah. Um, it's 10 years ago today that I sat and failed the leaving cert. <laughs> you didn't fail the leaving cert. I more cert. or less did, man. You didn't fail. I had to repeat. Like, I failed maths and I failed business. And I think I came out with like 180 points. Did you? So I didn't repeat it. embarrassing, isn't it? I'm happy enough to talk about it though, haven't I? Funny <laughs> joke. Repeated it, Graham, you know what I mean? I want to repeat it, we don't know right. So, I and here I am today to tell the tale. I did it in 2003. Was it 2003? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was I was in 2006 and you were three years ahead of me. I did it in 2003 and the weather was massive. Yeah. Exams right. are always a bit weird, aren't they? Like, do you know what I mean? In the sense of, it's a bit of panic over Really and truly, not a whole lot, is it? Yeah. You know? I just, uh, I winged it with those uh, Less Stress, More Success books. They're great books. Yeah, they, especially the history. I remember the lads in uh, the year above me, who I would have hung around with around the World Cup in 2002, and they had English Paper 2 when Ireland were playing. Ireland were playing Spain, I think. On the, the knockout round? Yeah, yeah, and they were all in the English Paper 2. That's devastating. We man. were in the eye going, wrecking the gaff. <laughs> Gonna get upended next week. Say, for the with the Euros. Mark, you have to go in and watch the Euros in the Oigo. Yeah, be good, well, man, be good. Um, I yeah, the leaving there is one thing, but I college exams were completely different. They were even weirder. I found because I'm not sure if all colleges do it, but in UCD, uh, you can fail an exam but still pass it, depending on how all your other exams go. And uh, that's what got me through college, to be honest with you. Say that <laughs> you can fail an exam. Yeah. So, well, you can get an E, which is a fail. Yeah. But if you get an E, but all your other exams and your GPA is high enough, you can pass that subject through compensation. Oh, very so good. Because it it's a pass. Because you've got a percentage of a pass before going into the exam, is it? No. Like no. a project worker or something no, like that? No, no, no. So, like, so say I went in, I was doing, like, I don't know, the Middle Ages in history or something like that. I went in, like, like done nothing on it. Got an E. So it basically wrote me an name on the page, spelled that right. And they were like, that's enough to get above an F, but not enough to pass. And then you go in, you do your other subjects, and your other subjects go, all right, like you get a couple of C's or whatever the case may be. Yeah. They'd be like, ah, oh, yeah, look, this one didn't go well, but these ones went well, so we're going to pass you on that one anyway. And <laughs> yes, deadly. Winner. You weren't complaining. So, no, I wasn't. It got me through college, man. It was great. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. Mark, you went to IADT, did you? IADT, yeah, Dunleary, yeah. Because I know a couple of lads who went there, and it seems like one of the best places in the world to go to. <laughs> yeah. I didn't get into it actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got into Ballyferma, but um, I went back to college. Yeah, like eight years later or whatever. So that was just three years ago, I think. And I did screenwriting there. Yeah, but um, I didn't get in originally from the Believing Cert. You know, right. I got into Ballyferma Film School. So yeah, uh, it's hard to get into. It. You need like I think it's a mix between your portfolio and. Uh, your points and oh, your leaving so cert. it's it's like a double-edged sword. It's not just IADT kind of, is yeah. Jeez, that's rough. I wouldn't 
wouldn't be too mad if it wasn't they've, to do too. They've got like, Baker's right beside IDT, so I'd say that's yeah, why it's... <laughs> that's actually... Cool. And it's on the 46A route, so no matter where you want to go, like, yeah. it's going there. Um, but look, besides exams, besides Bruce Springsteen, Graham. Yeah. The Ballybrack Bulls. Ballybrack Bulls are Green Walsh Cup winners. Come on, the lads. Yes. We won it down in Cork last Saturday. We were supposed to play... Um, I went down to Cork on Friday. We were supposed to play Galway in the semi-final at 10am, but Galway forfeited they couldn't feel the team so then um, we got a boy straight to the final against Clannis Lee from Leash I think they're yeah, yeah, yeah they're Leash um, and we beat them we, funny enough we we got beaten by them in the league the previous Saturday by 18 points then we beat them in the cup final by 10 points so you beat them in the one that mattered the one that mattered the league the league right. doesn't matter the league was over <laughs> So yeah, we beat them in the cup it. final. It was great. It was brilliant. And then Mark, our player coach, got uh, MVP for the match. So we got a lovely, lovely crystal. Lovely. Um, well done, Mark. The awards that night. Then Jack Shannon Cole was awarded Under Twenty Three Player of the Year for the brilliant. league. Come on, Jack. And Jonathan Hayes was Johnny. Oh, Johnny. Hell, Johnny was awarded um, an All Star award. He got, that's two years in a row. He's got an All Star award. In fairness, Johnny's good player, man. He is good. But the, Jack's father, um, Derek Shannon Cole, received a volunteer award for his contribution to Ballyrack Bulls from Dunleary Down County Council. So, so it's been... Good. It was a great season. It's been a good season and a good little haul for the Bulls there at the end yeah, of it. Yeah, it it's only our second season kind of in existence. So yeah. um, we're getting better and better. Um, so, yeah. And is there any sign of like, uh, you know, Middle Eastern... Oil burning coming <laughs> over. <laughs> some of the boys. No, a lot of phones which is a good segue it. because we need some sponsorship. So if anyone wants <laughs> to sponsor us. That's a great segue. Um, we're looking for jerseys. <laughs> we're looking for brand new jerseys, new track suits. I think, I think, I think about two grand will cover it. So if anyone, <laughs> any business out there wants to give me two grand for the Ballyrack Bulls, I'll look well, after Hang on, right. Let's sell this a bit better here. Right? Yeah. One, you're supporting a community. Absolutely. Right? You're getting exposure around the country yeah Not we, yeah it's an all Ireland league so yeah, exactly. we travel so around the country once a month um, as well as that you've been at our home fixtures I have. about 100, 100 to 150 people show up um, and that's, that, that's on a slow day yeah you know what I mean that could um, be a, a, a cold Wednesday evening it could, yeah it could be yeah, but in January are, on the Saturday fixture when we beat Cork by a point the hall was just crazy I've yeah. never experienced that in Liga. So, basically what you're saying is, if there's anybody out there listening that's thinking, do you know what, I want to do something in the community and I have a few bob to spare, Ballybrack Bulls are yeah. looking to hear from you. Absolutely. Will they get to use your face in merchandising? Um, or is that a separate fee? That's, uh, that's a separate image rights fee. <laughs> so I'll, I can negotiate that. Deadly. Right. So w- when does the season start back up? Not till October. So we're off now until the middle of August. Okay. Um, pre-season starts middle of August and then the league will start up again around the middle of October. But Johnny as well, Johnny Hayes is picked for the Ireland senior squad. Yeah. Um, so they're off to the European Championships wheelchair basketball in July, I think. What, yeah. Johnny? Jo- uh, so that's in Sarajevo in Bosnia. So... Best of luck to Johnny and Johnny and Jack are doing their leaving cert in June as well. So good luck to them on their leaving cert. Absolutely, go on the lads. Um, wish them all the best with that and and give uh, it, if you give Bulls money, you're helping the lads as well. That's true. Go on the Absolutely, lads. Yeah. 
Can't wait for next season already. Yeah. You're going to come to a few away matches next well, season. I am, yeah, because I'll no longer be working on a Saturday. Um, I'll talk about that another time. But um, Saturday work is done and dusted for me in a couple of weeks, which means I'll have my Saturdays free to follow you around the country. Love it. We need to get a flag as well. So the sponsorship will go towards a joint Ballyrack flag. Amazing. <laughs> Brilliant. Right. That's keeping out of the way. Now onto the man that's sitting across from us. Mark O'Connor. My cousin's name is Mark O'Connor. Fuck, no way. Yeah. <laughs> Swear to God. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you must get that a lot, yeah. <laughs> um, so I've right. only met one before, and it was a little baby at a, down in Cabin Tealy playing football. It was a little baby. <laughs> and the na- there was a name on a football, Mark O'Connor. I was like, what? What's going on there? But I heard the dad saying, Mark. And it was a little toddler, like, that's the only one I've met. <laughs> what a crack did you just pick up the ball and be like, that's my man. That's my ball. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Loved it. Crack. <laughs> just imagine just, Mark. Just mess with the kid a bit. You know? Just steal the baby. Yeah. Steal the baby. <laughs> There's only one of me. There's only one Mark. <laughs> uh, so you're, you're a local lad anyway, so you grew up yeah. around here. So yeah, what, yeah. What I grew like? up in Ballinclough Heights there in Cliney. So uh, yeah, I was. I had a few run-ins with Ballybrack lads. <laughs> in the, it would have been the late eighties because we were big into skateboarding. Then um, there was a lad on my road, David Burke, who was. Um, like he was just really ahead of his time he was kind of like an inventor but the teachers in school Johnstown used to get him to fix radios and make things and he he was able to make these quarter pipes and rail slides back in 86 when nobody else was doing it you know um so yeah we used to go up skateboarding up at like all down Vico Road and down up Cliney Village and everywhere around there but you you run into Ballybrack lads sometimes <laughs> what are you skateboarding stone <laughs> Skateboarding, what are you doing that for? Did you ever see that documentary on Netflix about skateboarding in Dublin? Yeah, the, uh, what's it, it called? Um, I'm in it. Oh, are you? Yeah, yeah. Um, what's the name of it again? Hill Street. Hill Street, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. Watch. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, the guy who made it, like, they're, uh, what's his name? Uh, Warrior Films, I think they're called, but um, it's all about Clive, you know, who, who had the first skateboarding shop in yeah, town in yeah. the 80s and all, and he was looking for footage, so... He got in touch with me and um, I had all this old footage from 86 and 87 of Clive's shop, like outside the shop, you I know. I remember it seen in the documentary. Yeah, that's, your, that's, my, that's my footage, wow. yeah. And uh, that's me going over the, the quarter pipe, like when I was eight years old, you know. Like, wow. And uh, my brother and all, like in, because we used to skateboard in Hill Street in, in town, you know, because Clive used to put out the, the ramps outside the shop. And then... Uh, but like you get you get lads coming up to you grabbing you and trying to rob you and stuff, you know. Oh, but you're, we'd get our dads to bring us in or whatever and stuff. And but Clive was amazing. Like he was, he was just like all the kids loved him and he just like uh, everybody knew him, you know. But he was kind of uh, the only person doing it back then, and he's still doing it now. Like he has a, he's moved, but he still has a skateboard shop in town. Um, so yeah, that was like. I was I was obsessed with that skateboarding when I was a kid. I was just down Dunedin Pier there on Monday night, and the amount of skateboarders. This is at like nine half nine. Yeah, the, I seen loads of skateboarders. Couldn't believe it. There was a, a peculiar looking skateboard as well that was super extra long. Right. Yeah. No, that's the thing. It's all changed, isn't yeah. it? Like, uh, yeah. 
Jeez, they're all, I can't even stand on some like they're long <laughs> and they're thin and all this different yeah. and the tricks are all different. They're, they've yeah. progressed. They're way ahead of what we were doing, yeah. you know. Now they're doing fucking mad ollies off like ten steps and kick double kick flips and it's unbelievable. Are you, are you still into skateboarding and all that? I'd, like, I'd, I'd love to get back into it. Like yeah. I, I tried it there a year ago. I just got on. And I was I, I got into it and I was kind of flying down the road, but I wasn't able to do any tricks or anything. <laughs> like I just lost. I lost it all, you know, because yeah. I gave it up. Uh, I get when we moved house. I kind of moved away from the neighborhood and broke away with friends and made some new new friends and um just kind of fizzled out. Like yeah. you know when I was. Yeah. You know, kind of nineties, early nineties. It's life, isn't it? I never, uh, yeah. I, I never got got into it, but I've watched. Do you know the X Games they do beyond? Yeah, I love watching that, and I've watched skateboarding and that, and like some of the stuff they do is just bananas, man. It's just ridiculous that they're able to do that stuff, like. And uh, I remember, I can't remember, like that. It was another documentary, and it was actually about snowboarding. I'm trying to think your man's name now. He suffered like a, a really, really traumatic head injury and I can't think of his name. And it's about his recovery. But like that, it's shown skateboarders and a dude who, like that, on a half pipe, he went up and just completely misjudged it, came down straight on his head. like, And he Jeez. wasn't wearing a helmet. So he had suffered a similar injury, but it was his recovery was going nowhere near as well as this snowboarder guys. I'm raging, I can't think of the name of it. The, hill, the, the crash reel. That's what it's called, the crash reel. Unbelievable documentary if you ever watch it. Right. Yeah. Um, but just like that, did you, just because they show some of the skateboarding footage in it, like, oh, it's so good, man. Some yeah. of the stuff that they own is just ridiculous. Like. You'd love um, some of the scenes. You'd love some of the scenes in Hill Street because, um, like, the, the the general public were treating the skateboarders like drug dealers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was on Joe Duffy and and, and all the talk shows of the time. Like down with these skateboarders. There really, there, there is this mad attitude at times, isn't there? In Ireland, of kind of like, oh, different isn't good. Like different yeah. isn't yeah. good. You know, well, like I mean? the lads are kind of uh, there's there's footage of the the guys going up on the on the on the pipes and stuff outside a bank or it might be it might have been on Hill Street and the security like coming out and chasing after them and legging it on a yeah, Saturday yeah, afternoon. Yeah. Like yeah, that that's a bank I think on um on Baggett Street I think yeah um, where they used to skate but they've put up little kind of bits of stone on top of the uh, thing so you can't skate it so anymore. So you can't skate, yeah. But like, yeah, back in the 80s because it was, it was a, such a new thing, it was just resistance from everybody, like even just people walking their dogs, you know. Why was the resistance? Giving out mad to you, like, you know. But we used to go around to building sites and be stealing planks and, you know, to make to make, <laughs> make rail slides, to make ramps and, and, and stuff. And uh, there was just, people didn't like it back then, you know. Why but it, it got a bit more acceptance as it went. Um, don't know. It's just I suppose because it was. It's a very, it's a kind of like a revolutionary sport. You know, like it's 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 about fighting against the system. I suppose, and it's kind of individual. And there's a lot of things it represents. You know, freedom. You know. Yeah. Um. So maybe people people didn't like it for that reason. Yeah. Maybe I don't know. Because I remember around their area, around the the early mid nineties, late nineties as well. Like there's a rail and or there's a handrail. It's a handrail. Yeah, handrail. Yeah. At uh, Glenavon Park there. And some Saturday afternoons there'd be about 30, 40 because lads. There used to be bus loads. There used to be bus loads of them. they the seven yeah. out from town, yeah. Um, and they'd, they'd wax it wax and everything. It, yeah. Yeah. What was the waxing all about? Make wax. it easy. Slippy. Yeah. Waxing yeah. what? Waxing what? Like they'd, like they'd wax the, 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 the steps and they'd wax the, the, the handrails. So, so they'd grind and... Well, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I we never did that. The, yeah. the, the, I think the lads on the rollerblades used to 
waxed the oh, it was the roller yeah, blades. But the, skate, the, the skateboarding lads would just hit it and go. Yeah, no, I, I never waxed nothing. Yeah, it's no. just, just <laughs> Ollie up in that curb and just slide along. It. <laughs> Your face there when I said the wax was like. Oh no, skateboarder. Yeah. I was thinking, do you wax your, your face or something? Jeez, ah, that's mad though, man. Like, you should watch Hill Street, it's on Netflix. Really, yeah, it's actually, really it's good. good, yeah. It's good. That yeah. guy Clive that you mentioned is, is, is sound, or looks like a really good man. Yeah, 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 no, he was great. And then it kind of all came together and culminated with Tony Hawk come to Dublin. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. The, the disco to, hall or something? Yeah, they used to do, like, I used to skate there. They used to have a down in Dunleary in the top pass. And uh, I think he came over. I, I wasn't there when he when he actually came over, you know. But they had, like, a big, they had loads of big half pipes and everything in there the, the day Tony Hawk came over. But the documentary kind of builds up to that moment. To that moment, yeah. It's Martin Tony Hawk in a in a roller. It's a roller roller disco or something. Yeah. Do you remember a roller dome out in Bray? Yeah, remember that? <laughs> the roller dome. <laughs> it was ridiculous. It was. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually the weirdest place in the world ever. Like uh, what about uh, ice skating Dolphins Barn? Yeah, remember going to that? That's still like, going though. Is that still there? Like, yeah. The roller dome was kind of like uh, the Father Ted equivalent. It, it actually was. I just remember because I think they only ever had one CD on, and I remember. <laughs> Every because you're paying, you'd go in. I think it was for to say an hour, or it was maybe on the half hour, but you you could do an hour, say. And you'd go in, and you'd be in there twenty minutes, and you'd hear uh, the rim. Things can only get better. <laughs> and you'd be doing a couple of laps, and every time you'd like, I, I was horrendous on rollerblades. Right? I'd love to see you on rollerblades, <laughs> man. I'm telling you, Bambi and I had nothing on me on rollerblades, right? But every time I'd like get brave, and I try to go up the ramp, right? But I mean, like I'm a big lad, you know what I mean? For me to go up, it must defy gravity. <laughs> <laughs> difficult thing to do like you know I mean? so I'd more or less just hit the ramp as opposed to go up it but again I didn't build up the court go back around I'd be going back around about the second time and be like stop fucking the rim things don't get better <laughs> <laughs> just, the same, just the same CD on loop like it was horrendous Did, was Jano into rollerblades your brother um, I think my man dad got him a pair because I, I think there was a stage about 95 96 where rollerblades were just Everybody had them, like, and I think my man and dad got me and John O'Pair, but I think he tried them about twice, and he was like, they're, they're stupid, not wearing these yokes. <laughs> Whereas because I was younger and all, like, the cool kids yeah. had them. I was like, oh, yeah, I need to get rubber wheels, because these wheels are plastic, and all the cool lads have rubber wheels. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I love the Christmases where families were getting skateboards or, or rollerblades, but they also got them the elbow pads and the knee pads <laughs> <Yeah>. for skateboards <laughs> and rollerblades. And the kids are like, I'm not putting them on. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I think we went that. They gave me uh, knee pads and elbow pads. And I think the first one I went there, I put them on just to keep my man happy. And the second I got out of sight, they gaff, these yokes are hot me. What are you doing, woman? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But if you are going to go skateboarding or rollerblade, lads, wear the elbow pads and the helmet. Safety, <laughs> safety first. We used um, to get, um, like, uh, for, for, say, your birthday, you'd get some rails, you know. Yeah. And then for Christmas, you'd get maybe a pair of trucks. And you'd be building, you know, you get your ball bearings <laughs> then. And then you get your deck. That was the big thing, like. Yeah, and you build your skateboard over like two Deadly. or three years. <laughs> <laughs> three years later, you have your skateboard. Yeah. <laughs> Deadly. You sound like you can't wait to get back involved in skateboard. I'd love to, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's gonna go out now after this. The weather's fine. Skate down the pier. Yeah. Here's Mark. Yeah. <laughs> you said there that you had a you had footage of his shopping out from the eight. Were you like filming and involved with films like even when you were a young lad? Like 
Yeah, yeah, I've been involved since I was a kid, but it wasn't me who took that footage. It was right. my mate Neil Hardy, man. It was his his dad. So um, he was just he had this big massive thing, like, and he was just filming us. He used to film his son Neil, who was I was mates with his younger brother Ross, and he'd film us on the street, you know, going on the rail slides, going on the quarter pipes, and everything. But then every say month or two we'd go into Clive's shop we might get something you know on the skateboards and then yeah. and then Clive would set up the ramps outside so uh, Mr Hardyman would film us you know on, on the uh, ramps outside Clive's shop but he kind of had the footage there but there was a pink Cadillac that used to always be parked outside uh, Clive's shop that belonged to some pimp or something <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, and, yeah, <laughs> and, and the company that made the Hill Street they wanted to like when they heard I had the the footage of Clive's shop, they were saying, geez, do you have the pink Cadillac, you know? And I was like, I, I looked at the footage and I, the pink Cadillac was there, you know? Yeah. I was like, I have it, so. That's amazing, That's man. Amazing. Well, yeah. <laughs> I remember seeing, uh, I think it was Eddie Rockets used to have like a branded kind of Cadillac thing. Yeah. I remember saying, oh, that, that car's deadly, look at that car. And he touched it. You ever drive one of them, so I'll disown you. <laughs> 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 uh, probably because it belonged to a pimp <laughs> maybe that was his way of crushing an eight year old's dreams just gently you know what I mean um, have you ever thought of doing a kind of like right now like documentary or film or own skateboarding yourself or uh, I've thought about it yeah like I'd love to do that um, not a documentary now obviously because Hill Street was made and I think that's a yeah, great but, documentary yeah. but I've written a script actually and it's about like set in the 80s about you know, kind of my neighborhood and stuff, and growing right. up there. So, I'm just developing it at the moment. But uh, and that, that's going to be like around skateboard. Going yeah, like there. and there's Bally Brack lads in it and everything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> deadly. It's all about yeah the '80s and skateboarding. So brilliant. Yeah, that actually that question worked out better than I thought. Then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What what's the story with the process of d- developing something like that? Like obviously, like you have projects and possibly people approach you to do projects but if you're developing something yourself that can take up to years to actually get it developed can it um well yeah like i suppose the first thing you'd be looking to do would be research you know yeah and uh so like even if you know everything that happens say around the area and stuff but if you do research it kind of feeds into the creative ideas so even if you know the subject of what you're doing if you if you look up say say if I looked up websites about the eighties and I start seeing the clothes and and like the wham bars and everything that they used to eat the kids you know and and, and the music and all all the kind of research stuff it just feeds into the story and the script so so that that's kind of the first thing would be research you know and then if you're doing it if you're doing it by yourself you know you just take it to a production company develop it that way and then and once you feel the script is ready then you just go and try to apply for funding you know from film board or BEI or <coughs> TV3 or whoever like you know yeah it's because we, we had a <laughs> we had Dave Coffey in last week um, and he was saying like similar enough that like he just came up with the idea developed it and he was lucky enough to get it made and that but like w- with film I'd imagine it, like there must be a lot of kind of your, your thought process must kind of take a long time does it or is it something that you just get an idea and go like or like for say something like you know, King of the Travelers, like, how how did you kind of develop that idea? Um, that idea, 
it, I think it's like characters and ideas come first, and then it's it, it, like you could you could kind of write the first draft and let it all just kind of spill out. But sometimes that can be the, the the worst thing to do because it's very hard to change it once you've written the first draft. It's very hard to go back because the structure can be too loose, and you're trying to fix. Like so, it's better off to start off with the characters, the ideas, and lay the groundwork in doing a logline synopsis, a treatment these things where you're working out the spine of the story first yeah. and then you go and write kind of like just all the dialogue description action and let it all come out but like if you start off by building the spine first and then you build the, the you know the first draft but it just where it came from it's it just kind of like i don't know like i was getting really into traveler music listening to margaret barry pecker dunn this different stuff and then my mother was friends with some travelers when i was a kid you know mrs yeah. demore house family from from bray and um, there was some, kind of some characters there. And then some of it was just personal stuff from my own life. And it just kind of co- comes out of all that stuff. You know, I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, you know, and then the other, st- like sometimes when you're writing it, I don't know, it just kind of comes. It's like. It's like a conversation, like it just flows or. You know, like uh, who was saying, Shane McGowan was saying, uh, you know, you can't take credit for anything you write because you're almost like a, what's the word? Uh I can't remember the word. Like um, a medium, is it? Like, not a me like uh, something that something flows through, like you know, so, so it's coming from somewhere else and it's just kind of flowing through right. or whatever. I yeah. don't know, but like, I don't know. I, I personally just take it from some some personal life of my own, some ideas, and it just mix mixes it into like a pot, yeah. and a stew, and you're just <laughs> you're just putting it to the boil and then just you know bring it to the boil and put yeah, it all together. That's, that's a mad way of looking at it, all right. Like yeah. um, the when you're kind of mixing your in- ingredients and you're, you know, putting your stew together kind of thing, like... <laughs> a good Irish stew. <laughs> with carrots and uh, yeah. all the works. That's it. Yeah, you'd have to have a large slice pan with it, wouldn't you? Yeah. And real, real butter. Loads of butter. <laughs> yeah. Butter with a D. <laughs> with a D, yeah. Um, like, when you're kind of putting all that together, like, so, you're, you know, you said that you're, you're building your character, you're building your idea and all... Do you ever have an idea in your head of kind of going like, do you know what, I reckon I'd like him or I'd like her to play that part. I think they're the ones that I want. Like, or With the actors? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. or is it a case you just kind of, you put it all together and you're like, all right, let's see who's out there. Like, I'd say if I lived in LA and I was doing big films, I would I would think like that. But because I'm living in Dublin and yeah. like it's, you're limited here, but I want to I wanna make Irish films. So, yeah. but, so the only actors I would think of is ones that I would, have worked with or no or maybe that I could we could possibly get like you know right, right. you know so the bigger the film and the more I would develop as a filmmaker I'd be looking to get bigger actors and I might have you know bigger actors in mind mm. but when when you know that you're not gonna say like Brennan Gleeson or something that could be hard to get unless mm. you're with one of the big companies and you've got a couple of million you know you, they're not even going to reply to you the agent or whatever so you just be looking you know depending on what what, what the script is and the characters and how big you think the film's going to be it's on the back of like king and the travelers say um i don't believe john john had had yet to be but in john, love john, connor's, john connor's had yet to be in love hey and peter keown i think had just started in love hey so was it was it was it easier to pick them out or was well Peter started uh, like obviously 
from between the canals, you know, the film the before the, that. Yeah, so yeah. <clears throat> so sorry, that was before King of the Travellers, of course. Yeah, yeah. So like I just uh, my mate actually his brother is good mates with Peter and he told me, Oh, there's a guy I know there's an actor, he's he's doing a show in the theatre. Uh, it's called The Billy Goats of Glenview and it was about a couple of kids that live in Tala and stuff and it's kinda of like a musical and uh, they have they were they were playing on U C D because Peter was studying economics in U C D at the time. So I just went along to the play and that's, you know, where, that's I, where I met Peter and I, I talked to him after and, and then just developed that and then we we did Between the Canals. Brilliant. Mm. Between the Canals, I watched that maybe, I always wanted to watch it and I watched it I think in January or February. What a film, it's really, really good. Um, Damien Dempsey, how was, how was he cast? Damo. Um, yeah. Damo's. What made you pick uh, a, a, a singer-songwriter for the role? Well, I think it was, I'm trying to remember, but I think it was because uh, I wanted to have factories, you know, Damo's track factories as for the opening credits. And I think we had to meet him. So we went to meet him in the hotel and I was talking to him. And then when I when we spoke to him, I just got a sense for he might be able to play one of the, the roles, you know. And it, then I asked him and he was quite nervous about acting. So we had to get him in and um, it was just about making him feel comfortable and then yeah, he was happy to do it. So I think he was pretty good in the end. You know, he was actually he was excellent. Yeah, yeah. He he does come across as quite insecure, though, doesn't he? Even when he's been interviewed about his music. Yeah, yeah. Like he's a very sensitive yeah. person, you know. And uh, but that's why he can write su- such emotional music. I think. Yeah. Um, but he has this inner, you know, intensity, and that can come out. Like it comes out on stage. So I knew for those moments where you needed to really get it out of him, he could get it out of the screen as well brilliant because he absolutely did like he played uh, the, the bouncer wasn't it or the guy was it the gang it was uh, Paul Chambers oh like, yeah, the character, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, he played a, a toughie and like yeah yeah and he played it really well he ran a, ga- a gang out of Sheriff Street yeah, at Nocturne's yeah. pub there yeah <laughs> Peter Killen we that kind of ideas and then that like because you mentioned there a couple minutes ago that like you want to make Irish films like I don't know, it's just me, but I, I think Irish films over the last... They've always been strong, but I think in particular, kind of the last 10, 15 years, I think they've been very, very strong. Like, Do you find yourself, do you think... Because even something like, like Stalker, that got a great reception. Like, So the, the development of Irish cinema, and now you have actual people backing it and that kind of thing, Like, it can only grow, surely. It's even doing well at international festivals... I know, was it the Chicago Festival you were at that you got? Something was in New York, I can't remember, sorry, but... For Stalker, was it? Yeah, uh, was it? Stalker, um, it was it was up Galway, it came second there, and then yeah. it, came, it won the Underground, which is in Dunleary, yeah. and then I think it was screened at kind of a couple of Irish film festivals in America. Yeah, I think yeah. Chicago, Chicago, I think it, I think I think it played in Chicago, yeah. yeah, I can't remember, but... Uh, but like, yeah. like o- overall, Irish cinema seems to be doing really well, Like, and you're obviously playing a big, big part in that, so kind of, is, is there... A sense of pride in that, like, or a sense of pride um, with with the filmmakers, like, uh, yeah, well, like even your your own work in that context, you know, like yeah. the, the fact that Irish cinema is blossoming at the moment, and we do have some great actors emerging and great actresses emerging, and you know, obviously, you're playing a part in that by giving, like you were saying a minute ago, for example, that you wouldn't necessarily go for a Brendan Gleeson because they may not even reply to your request, like, but the the guys who are maybe only starting out your films are acting as a launching pad, so if they're getting somewhat critical acclaim, then the actors in that are going to get an even better chance. Like So, a kind of sense of pride 
in how you're developing things like yeah no definitely yeah you're right man like uh there's definitely we feel proud of what we're doing and there's a lot of filmmakers out there like you know that are making great work up and coming um i think like it's also about working with the type of people that you want to work with i think you know because like Brendan Gleeson's obviously a phenomenal actor, but mm. there are, so this is not not him. But to be certain actors who might, you know, be famous or, or and they, but they mightn't be particularly, you know, the type of style that you want to work in. You yeah, know, so yeah. like what you're looking for is you're yeah obviously you're work you're looking to work with the the best. You know, if if they're famous, they're bringing a big name as well. That's that's great as well. But you're also looking for the talent and the the type of actors that will understand and reveal something their soul you know on screen and i think like i, I that's what i'm trying to work with apart from <clears throat> you know i obviously cast a lot of real people from the area like for king of the travelers it was 90% uh, actual travelers so yeah and for between the canals it was a lot of people from sheriff street and stuff but for say carbo gangsters or future projects i might be looking for the best actors you know but who are also like the type of actors that you'd be looking to work with. So John, you know, Peter, these are guys who would, for me, like be very kind of uh, uh, honest, you know, and yeah. be able to, you know, it wouldn't be about so much about the craft because there's different ways to act, you know, and you have you have certain actors out there who would just do one thing and they just have one tone in their voice. They do the same performance every time, and it works. Like you know, and it's that kind it's of good. John Wayne kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John Wayne is brilliant, you know. But yeah. he he would definitely yeah do the same thing every time. And there's there's lads like maybe Colin Farrell is a bit like that, you know. Yeah. And they wouldn't be delving into the psychology too much of the character and spending tr- three months becoming a different person, you know. So there's that versus the other side which is the Brando <laughs> the Christian yeah. Bale you know the, that's the acting I, I'm into you know where you you completely immerse yourself in the role and you're you're trying to find something deep within, inside you and reveal it on screen you know rather than you relying on the craft you know it's yeah. it's it's very two different uh, types of actors you know and what you find is when when you go to shoot with with the person who's really good at the craft and they're just re- relying on that they they get every take is is good but every take's the same mm. whereas guys who are the opposite to that every take is different yeah you know yeah you know with um with your your features um king of the travelers stalker uh between the canals and now cardboard gangsters the subject of your films um they're quite um like with cardboard ga- or not cardboard gang sorry with say between the canals it's inner city it's kind of deprived areas type, type of thing subject matter you know and King of the Travellers about the travelling community is is there is there like do you mean to hit those kind of subjects you know even with Cardboard Gangsters that that's your upcoming feature that's about um, Darndale so do you mean to do that um, I, 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 I sorry, I don't know if I've worded the question. Even if it is a question, it's more of a comment. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I know what you mean, man. Like, uh, it's it's kind of like they're kind of minority socially. Yeah, yeah, and you're, and you're trying uh, to bring that out and show the tragedy within certain communities yeah. and what what can happen. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't necessarily be just trying to do that. Like, but it just seems to be what's come out. Like, obviously, you know, I'd be very, 
Yeah, well, not now, because, cause, like, myself and my wife would have been very active, you know, and done a lot of activism, you know, and we'd be connected a lot to the uh, people for profit and, you know, from protesting outside the Israeli embassy to a lot of different issues, being issue, to being charged, everything like that. So I haven't been involved, though, for the last year or two. Like, I've been, I've took a step away from it because I just had a kid, like, I just yeah. had a son. So that's, like, Congratulations. every every minute of the day is, like, you know, just looking after my, my son and working. But, um, but I don't do it necessarily on purpose. It just seems to have come out, you know, they're the stories that have come out and that kind of what I'd be interested in. Like, my personal f- favourite films would be Ken Loach, Alan Clark, these type yeah. of films. But I also love really cinematic stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, so I'd like, a bro- I'd like a broad range of films. Um, but it's hard to make the big budget cinematic stuff here in Ireland, you know? Yeah. But is it also hard, with, with the subjects you're touching on, um, the, the travelling community and in stalker, you know, homelessness and stuff like that is it hard to get funding from the boards say <laughs> because you're touching on these subjects you're exploiting and, and i don't mean that in a in a kind of red top way i mean that in you know your your your, your movies are excellent and they're portraying real life but is it harder to get funding for those type of movies because the people that are funding you the government you're basically c- kind of going you know well, how is this happening? Do you get me? Yeah, man. Uh, like a hundred percent, you hit the nail on the head. Yeah, you definitely. It would, uh, like, I think it would be definitely hard to get funding for for stuff that it's that's going to criticize the government because yeah. they're government agencies at the end of the day. So yeah. you know, so it's it's harder then to fund a movie then. With well, it'd be harder to fund a kind of a protest film like Stalker. I think. Yeah. You know that got turned down. <laughs> so how did you fund that? And it won. It won a, a yeah, second in Galway. So yeah. it's won awards, but yeah. and and it's got no financial backing. So how do you fund a movie like Stalker? Stalker, we did just on a funded campaign where we put up this thing on you know funded.ie and yeah. you have to yeah. kind of make a video and it's like a little trailer. And myself and John Connors, we went into town and we shot some footage of walking around the car in character. And uh, and then you have kind of people get a rewards for donations that they did to the film. So f- that film we funded by donations. Oh, so it was, it was 15 grand. It was really small budget. Like, yeah, that's, that's incredible. Like, cause Holy it, shit. Yeah, that, that is small, actually amazing. Yeah. Like, and as well, them sort of things as well. Like, like you know, that GoFundMe or those sort of campaigns that are out there. Like, they must be huge for artists because they open up avenues that previously maybe didn't exist for guys yeah. to get their work it's out great, there like, like. it's brilliant yeah so yeah. everyone was knocking you back for stalker in yeah. terms of funding and then you go and win awards well it won yeah one second in galway and it won the underground film festival in dunleary so was know. there a small element of like fuck yeah we did yeah that's exactly <laughs> you're saying exactly what i'm thinking well i see the thing is like I, I, I don't mind that they don't like films like that because it's probably just the way it is, you know. Yeah. Uh, they're not going to, you know, it's, they have to do what they do and they're, they're obviously a government agency. But I just, what what I think is that there needs to be room for both styles of filmmaking, you know. I was going to say, but surely, like, and I, I don't mean for this to sound wanky or whatever, but, <laughs> like, no, I, I, I don't, but surely, surely for something like that. So I'll uh, put it away, man. <laughs> 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 that's me put me plays on it yeah, yeah. <laughs> delighted but, but like with something like 
a body like the BAI or whoever that's got that can issue these grants, surely when it comes to the arts, though, they should be about appreciating the arts and not necessarily being like the subject mi- matter, like a little bit of a protest and that one, you yeah, know, yeah, 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 like yeah. they should be celebrating the if the arts can highlight something that is a, a social issue, so be it, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But if 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 the quality is there, then surely there shouldn't be this kind of conflict there, kind of. Yeah, uh, it's interesting the way. Uh, like Johnny's criticised RTE a little bit and he was on kind yeah, of Tuberty and stuff <laughs> yeah it was pretty intense he doesn't hold back but they're they're funding his, the documentaries he's doing now so yeah, that's, that, that's saying, good yeah. like you know but I suppose that kind of contradicts what I'm saying then in some yeah. respects like I, see it's hard to even know if they are like saying ah here no we're not going to fund those type of films you know maybe yeah. it's in the quality and maybe just stock or they just didn't think it was up to scratch or it wasn't to their taste because at the end of the day it's down to three people or whatever you know yeah. and if they don't like it or maybe two of them don't like it it's not going to get the funding you know yeah. but also you know it's a weir- it was a weird film as well <laughs> stalker you know it was, it was a weird film so not many people you know might give that money like it, where you're talking yeah. about it's very you know, good though it's it's very um it's very garage type feel to it does that make sense garage you mean the film yeah in the sense that it like kind of heavy but yeah uh, yeah I think I yeah, yeah. Well, Lenny's, not the way it was shot or anything, like just the the darkness of it. Yeah, like. well, that's a compliment, like because Lenny's obviously you know brilliant filmmaker, but he I consider him probably very different than myself because he's a minimalist and he he takes everything out, he strips it away, and he's really into his structured. His films are really well structured, whereas Stalker is everything's in there, so mm. all the music, the color, the characters, and you know, so it's complete opposite way to work, you know. Like Woody Allen is all about everything, loads of dialogue, big monologues, and lots of yeah. color, you know. Whereas Lenny's films are almost like they're almost perfect in terms of their structure, and it's it, there's, there's no bits of dialogue unless they really need to be in there, you know. Yeah, and the yeah. camera and everything, it's all you know, it's it's just very min- minimalist. Yeah, I get what you mean by that. Um, do you you mentioned there that you know the, the last year has mainly being a little, you stepped away from even activism and all that. I'll talk to you a little bit about that in a minute. But I suppose you just had a kid. You've been busy working on films and all that for I don't know how. Like you've been doing that for since you were a teenager. Is it like you, you've been involved with all that uh, stuff? Well, yeah, I was doing short films kind of when I was a teenager. Started when I was about ten. Kind of acted in one or two. That my my friend had a camera and then doing. Uh, short films then since I was yeah. about 15 kind of borrowing a camera off a friend of mine and then uh, eventually got my hands on like a small little high ace uh, VH uh, thing and was making them yeah up until got into Bally Farm so yeah that was kind of yeah a lot of short films so when you then got into Bally Farm and I know actually a couple of people have done kind of media and stuff through there and it seems to be a great setup like and you mentioned after Bally Fairm at the end a couple of years ago, you went to IADT to do script writing and that there. So you're, you're constantly honing your craft. And as you said, you had a kid in the last year. Like, do you get downtime at all? Like, what, how, you know what I mean? Like, it just sounds like you're constantly go, go, go. Like, um, well, I'm just like trying to get better at, at my craft, which is writing, directing at the end, you know, that, and yeah, and writing is such a, there's so much to it and it takes such time to really master like I feel like a beginner still so yeah. and I'm, that's the thing I work at the, at the most to to really get there but uh, it's difficult because every time you write a script it's a, it's another it's the same thing again you know it's the same thing again it's like 
Jesus, I can't believe I'm doing this again. And you're <laughs> and you're going back, and it's almost like the logic goes again. You have to really work out again how to how to do it, you know. But I love it. It's just yeah. you know, I get up seven o'clock in the morning. I write till ten. Then that's when the baby wakes up, you know. Yeah. And then I well to get to make 10. breakfast. <laughs> yeah, I get the three hours in, make the breakfast, and then we do come some family stuff or whatever. Come back in the afternoon right for two hours when he has a sleep and then he goes to bed at nine i get three hours in then till midnight and then i go to yeah. bed so it's it's maybe a bit boring i wouldn't be going out <laughs> as much like but i've done all that stuff anyway you know yeah yeah many times over you know so at the moment it's just working family and that's it and you, sorry go on no you go no no no, no it was your question all right like the you know like i mean for a lot of people at the moment and i suppose it's more maybe across the water in the America and all that but a lot of people are kind of talking about how TV now has better you know roles than films Netflix at the moment and, and that stuff kind of like stuff yeah, yeah. Do, you, do you watch many of the TV shows and do you kind of think like oh shit that's that's amazing or yeah it, yeah you know? yeah we'd watch like in the evening with dinner and stuff watch uh, you know we've watched all the stuff um while we were watching the recently the zombie thing actually when when Manco my son was a, was a baby he was in the bed with us like and we were watching like Donna the what's the the, the zombie TV Walking show Dead. Walking Dead, Dead. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. it yeah so I hope it didn't have an effect on him <laughs> 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 but uh, no I was watching like I was I was re watching like obviously watched like Breaking Bad and all those but we, I yeah. was kind of re watching a few things recently um, Top Boy I was watching that recently you know the it's kind of like uh, set in a Hackney. It's about kind of young black men in Hackney. It was written by a Northern Ire- Irish writer, um, but uh, that's good. Kind of about it. gangs and yeah, stuff. I've never seen it. Yeah, yeah so it's just kind of re- re- rewatching that at the moment. Yeah, all right. Let's check that one. What's it called? Top Top, Top Boy. Yeah, Top it's pretty Boy. good. Yeah. Okay. Have you watched like uh, Peaky Blinders at all? Yeah, I was watching a bit of Pe- Peaky because yeah. there's a few lads there that would that I'd know that were oh, in it, like Packy. Yeah. You know, Packy that was in King of the Traveller. So. Watching that and yeah, no, that's yeah. phenomenal. The very, cinematography very cool. is unbelievable. And, yeah. that, yeah. and, and um, Killian Murphy's living local these days as well, isn't he? Is he? Yeah, he's living. He's really? living around Dunleary. Look, been, this lad knows everything. He's been <laughs> spotted loads of times the last year. Boy, you stalking him? I think he's after moving to Dunleary. <laughs> so you should get him for your next for your next movie. Just me yeah, down yeah. the pub or down the pier or something. That's yeah. you're, you're giving away everybody now. You are. Look yeah. At you. <laughs> <laughs> Coming for a quiet life, thinking nobody will find me in Dunleary. Till Merrow rats him out. Rats him out, yeah. I see him down, I've seen him a few times. You know the crossroads at the Noggin Hill? Yeah. Halfway down. Yeah. I've seen him more than once walking up and down that road. Oh, my fair enough. Yeah, it's Killian, true story. He's a great actor. You know, yeah. Killian is. Uh, Peaky Blinders is just brilliant. brilliant. Yeah. And I yeah. love how no, it's, it's not it's so long a, a series. It's only like 10 episodes or something, series. I do, I do kind of like that. I like the series that are kind of 10 episodes. I, I, I'm a big fan of this whole, whole kind of always leave them wanting more kind of thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, and that's the Peaky Blinders. Yeah, like that whole thing of you're sorry to see it kind of end. You're like, oh, you can't leave it on that kind yeah. of thing. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I love that It's funny you mention that because, Mark, with your, with your movie, King of the uh, Travellers and Between the Canals, for me, they just didn't go on long enough. I just wanted more. I, honestly, See, God. always leave them wanting more. That's yeah, you let me want more. Like between the canals, I, I just loved it. That's um, why. That's why I tweet Jeff Daniels every so often, just saying, just three more episodes of the newsroom, man. I need closure. <laughs> <laughs> three I more need episodes. <laughs> I got closure, but I just think I enjoyed the movies so much. Um, I loved in King of the Travelers. You know the the annoying neighbor. You know the the settled people. 
the farmer like the farmer yeah i i was i was loving that <laughs> right. that kind of the land o- the landowner the landowner yeah, yeah, yeah i was yeah, loving yeah, yeah. that interaction Nick. and all that yeah that's it. It's just a comment. I thought you were going somewhere with that. No, no, it's just go, go in, in those movies, in, in between the canals and Kingdom of Travellers, I wanted more. Oh, it right. left me wanting more. Good. That's always good. And that's before I knew it was written and directed by Mark O'Connor. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen any films lately or do you, like is, or is going to the cinema a bit of a busman's holiday for you like is one of the <laughs> Jesus <laughs> I still go out now come on no no oh fuck no I went to see uh, Star Wars there uh, you know that was the last film so that was like yeah. I don't know a month or two ago I went to see Star Wars um, no I haven't seen that many like I've been watching a few things on, on Netflix, yeah, or downloading if I watched Meet the Parents, yeah, I haven't watched too much. I need to watch some new stuff. I yeah. heard that, um, I heard there's a new TV show about Hannibal Lecter or something. I haven't seen it, but that's yeah, something well, I want to. I heard it's really good. Well. Um, it's someone was saying it's steady, yeah. Were you talking to the mic? Sorry, Hannibal, is it Hannibal? Yeah, yeah. Hannibal, yeah. yeah I heard they were saying it's really good, so I gotta watch yeah. that. I haven't watched it yet myself, but again, like that, it's it's one that kind of I can't see see popping open discussions about like oh you mm. need to watch this kind of there's thing there's so many though like you said um, people seem to even <clears throat> actors seem to be moving to TV series yeah. a lot with Netflix yeah. taking over yeah definitely yeah they yeah. are well, see, like the kind of the stories are longer now the, yeah. the character arcs and the narratives are so much longer because in the 80s you know <clears throat> you could have say MacGyver or the A-Team or TV sh- TV shows in general the, the character characters didn't change you know yeah. yeah um because people used to come back each week and want to watch the same characters on screen you know yeah. and didn't want them to change whereas now people because people are watching box sets or netflix now you have the the opportunity you know for the characters to change because they're watching them in bulk like yeah. you know episode after episode, episode yeah. so that's i kind of kind of changed with uh sopranos was it and breaking bad and you know yeah where where each episode leads directly into the next one yeah yeah, yeah. Did you enjoy break or Sopranos? Yeah, Sopranos. Ah, oh, yeah, definitely, man. Yeah, like that would be kind of what's the one of the one of the best or probably the best. Yeah, yeah definitely. definitely. I still haven't watched that crime. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I've downloaded the fourth season and I have it on my tablet. So when I'm flying to Vegas in a couple of weeks, I'll be watching it. Yeah, you'd be hooked. Um, do you think is it something you'd be interested in? Maybe doing t- like because maybe in Ireland, like I suppose, Love Hate was the last. Probably one of the only real kind of ones where there was that kind of character arc and people could see people like even if the you clinic look at was good. The clinic, yeah. Is that the Amy Huberman one, yeah. Like, yeah, it actually wasn't bad. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, I never, <laughs> I never saw it. Yeah, but um, do you, do you think maybe you'd, you'd ever go into something like that where you go, yeah, do you know what? Let's see if we can kind of you know give these characters a longer arc and and develop maybe a TV season. Is that something you'd? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm just finished episode three of a uh, of a uh, season one for a TV show that I'm writing. So, oh, okay, it's oh, definitely well. definitely something that I'm. We're in not not pre production yet, but we're the pro the process has developed, and uh, we've got the production company on board. Like you know, the lads who did uh, Brooklyn, uh, you know, parallel oh. f- parallel films. So they're on board, kind of to produce it. Brilliant, yeah. Kind of just finished episode three, so Brooklyn was very good. Actually. Brooklyn was very Brooklyn, good. Brooklyn, yeah, I haven't seen it, but you yeah. know, obviously yeah, it did very, very really good, well. So yeah. Are you able to talk about this TV series at all, or does it kind of like um, for now? No, I can, yeah, I w- like I wouldn't be kind of too much, but like, yeah, it's just a um, crime drama. 
you know is it set in Ireland yeah set in the inner city so I've just been doing a lot of research in town you know uh, around all Sheriff Street and you know, even though I spent two and a half years there already. Yeah. <laughs> Immersing yourself again. Meet, like. Meeting back up with the old, you know, the people that I knew from back for between the canals. So that's good yeah. that I had the connection there. So, yeah. but Summer Hill and those areas, you know. Yeah, yeah. They've been With the shootings ag- and all yeah, going on at the moment. Yeah, I was going to say. Jesus, yeah. They've been hit again with stuff like the shootings and yeah, stuff Yeah, it's like unbelievable. That. Like, I, I was actually just right beside, on, I was in Summer Hill where... Uh, you know, Garrett Touch got yeah. shot dead there the other day. Like, wow! Yeah, yeah just right beside it. It's nuts. With stuff like that, it sounds bad. But would stuff like that help you write? It wouldn't help me right now because, oh. like, uh, you know, this stuff has all happened before. Like, you know, feuding and and stuff. And uh, it wouldn't be based on any of that stuff anyway. Yeah. So yeah. I wouldn't want to see that stuff happening. But it just happens to be set in that world. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you said there that um, it's it's not in pre-production just yet. So when something, when one of your ideas is in pre-production, does that pretty much mean it's the green light? Um, yeah, like if you, yeah, once you get the funding, then you'd kind of be, you'd be heading towards prep. Yeah, well, prep would kind of just happen maybe six weeks before the actual shoot. So then you definitely, you'd, yeah, you definitely the green light. But uh, but I'd just be in the development at the moment, development stage. So before we apply for the funding, so I think we're applying in September. Okay, cool. So, um, see how it goes. Is that quite tedious applying for funding? Uh, no, it's just like you fill out the applications and all, and it's grand, you know. Like CEO. A, a, like a long CEO for, yeah, for the leave cert. It's like the credit union. Like the credit union, yeah. For <laughs> <laughs> the CEO. Ah, yeah. oh, fuck that. Let the producers do that. Oh, <laughs> Would you ever go I to the credit union? I can't get my head around those application forms, <laughs> Jesus. Would you ever go to the credit union for a loan for a film? For a loan? Yeah. For a film? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't want to be putting your own money in, but I, I tell you, I've put it, I've put my own money into nearly every single film, like a little bit at, at different stages, you know. Yeah. Because sometimes you just don't have enough. Like, like for instance, <laughs> today I'm uh, tonight I'm going to be booking a flight for one of the actors in Carbo Gangsters, so he can come to to, to Ireland, you know, because we've yeah. ran out we've ran out of money. So um, so because it didn't get we didn't get completion funding. So it was, it was kind of, it's kind of been really tough to finish the film because we shot the film and then we needed to go back and do reshoots. And John was saying he had to do reshoots, yeah, reshoots, and he's had to put on weight. Yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look, if you see it in the film, he's going to look a little bit different, you know, yeah. in a couple of scenes. <laughs> yeah. When when are you hoping to have Carbor Gangsters? Um, it's going to premiere at Galway, you know. So, okay, uh, yeah. so it's, it's, it's we're still waiting on the the date, but it's been con- confirmed that it's going to be in Galway. So, I think it's going to be uh, July 9th, you know. Brilliant. Galway, yeah. If you can make it down, yeah, it'd be great. Well, great. I I can't because I'll be in Vegas. You'll be in Vegas. Ah, so. fuck's sake, Vegas. <laughs> what for? For for McGregor's or well, for McGregor's not fighting, but oh, yeah. UFC UFC yeah, two hundred yeah. is on. Are you, so. you, you you are MMA fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah that's yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm you're into martial arts now, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Obsessed. Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> do you do martial arts or just you have Yeah, yeah. Kind of? I did it for years. I was like, um, kind of did it in uh, Leeson Street there with Shay McNamee and and for Kavanagh used to do it as well. I think it was in Kevin Street, Kempo, you oh, know? Yeah. And uh, so that was kind of back around. Well, I started doing Kempo when I was 10 uh, in Johnstown School and then after that when I went to school in town then I was doing Kempo in Leeson Street and then after that went on did kickboxing you know, and Taekwondo and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. Did a lot of competitions and, you know, and then, and then kind of, I was thinking, how am I going to progress this? Because I want to, I want to do, I want to try other things, but 
it was very early stages you know myself and a couple of my friends we, we didn't know to, to, you know we, we we did watch the UFC but there wasn't the opportunity to go to different places yeah, where you could train to jiu-jitsu like for yeah. instance yeah. so the only other kind of styles was like Thai boxing yeah. so I was considering I'd love to develop the different things because I did the camp out of karate I did a bit of boxing and all those things so I, I said Thai boxing would be something else you know so I, I actually I think it was around it was the tsunami 2004 you know the, the boxing day tsunami yeah. it was just yeah. before that I applied for funding funding uh, to the film board actually um, to do a documentary where I was because I'd, I'd won a couple of kickboxing competitions yeah. and I applied to the uh, for funding to go to Thailand where I would become like a professional Thai boxer you know <laughs> <laughs> And it was Amazing. like I did. I did out like a ten-page like narrative and all. Like, yeah. and it was gonna like be a camera that follows you and you go through. And I, I had the, the places that I was gonna go. Like it was kind of, but it was exactly where the tsunami hit, and it got rejected. It got turned down for funding. You know, this is like Jesus. a couple of months. I think it was November. I still have the application form and everything. Yeah. And uh, and it got turned down. Lucky for me, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. it got wiped out. That whole area yeah. got wiped out. That's and crazy, I, man. That's yeah. mad. Does and I never did that. And then, so, sorry. And then yeah. after that, I just kind of uh, we kind of gave up because we got into like we started drinking and we gave up. And we we, we were always watching the UFC like and obsessed yeah. with with that stuff. And and then look, but looking at it now, I'm like, oh man, if we'd been ten years younger, yeah. we we might have been at SBG, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you th- what do you think of? Conor McGregor and stuff like that. Um, he's he's great. Like he's yeah. you know it's, I c- couldn't say a bad thing about him. He thinks yeah. he's brilliant. He's uh, you know he's a marketing machine. He's uh, he's a phenomenal fighter. You know. Uh, um, Is there a uh, film and a story? Do you think? Yeah, I actually sent him a tweet. <laughs> 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 no, I, I I think he could do a film about his about like a. It would be difficult to do about all the stuff in the UFC. Because yeah. you'd have to get the UFC on board, and it'd have to be multi-million, you know. Mm. So you could do that if you had the budget, and you, you know. But I was thinking it'd be interesting. Someone's going to take this now. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that we'll know where you got it from, though. We'll know where <laughs> yeah, they got yeah. it from. From this, this is the court case we use this podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but I was thinking it would be interesting to do a story. Uh, you know, his early years and the very last shot is the phone call that he got from, you know, when he's with, or from John saying, are you going to fight in Sweden? You know, remember yeah, he got, remember he's yeah. waiting on that phone yeah, call yeah. and the phone's ringing, ringing and that, then it cuts, it goes to black. Like, you know, I was just thinking it could build to that moment, but you could, you could have all his youth when he's in school and he's got the rock in, in his school bag and all, you know, and he's getting bullied. Yeah. And it, it would, I think it'd be great. Like, that you know, would be, yeah. You could maybe bring in the Crumlin Drimna feud into that as well. Yeah. <laughs> the idea, man, that's it. It's there. <laughs> Definitely do it. Because you could do it on, you know, you could make that for a million um, oh, yeah, on a low yeah. budget or whatever. And uh, Get it off the credit union. She'd get it What's his name? Uh, the young lad out in this week, Nate. What's call him? Nate Kelly. Nate, Nate, Nate Kelly, Gray. yeah. Nate, yeah. Nate, Nate Kelly to play a young McGregor. Yeah, man, definitely. Nate's, Nate's a little, little star. Like, you know, yeah. he's, he's a phenomenal little fighter. And, uh, you know, he's won a lot of medals. And he's yeah. winning everything. But he's also got amazing on-screen... Presence. He has that charisma kind yeah. of thing going yes. on. He's yeah. in Carbo Gangsters. Oh, is he? Oh, is yeah. he? Yeah, he's in, he's in it. And uh, so is Carl Pendred. So they've only got little kind of cameo roles, but they, they're in it. Like, yeah. Carl's know. over, I think, filming for a TV series in America at the moment. He actually. filmed the uh, part in Baywatch with The Rock. He is, yeah. Yeah, he is, yeah. He, he, he actually, um, he tweeted me 
and he said, Mark, uh, I've got an audition for something. I don't know what it's called. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah. Because I've got this audition. Uh, do you know where I could get a camera? So I was like, this is like the audition was the next day and I don't have a camera myself. So I just rang a, fr- a friend of mine, Jerry's a filmmaker. And I said, uh, Jerry, would you sort this guy Cahill out? So he went and he filmed the audition with Cahill and he got the part. Brilliant. Yeah, it's a, I think it's, I don't know how big the role is now, but it's an action. Yeah. It's like a Hollywood action film. That's a great story. That is, yeah, that's but, amazing. Uh, Cal put uh, a tweet up, a photo of him being like uh, kind of tattoo paints all on his back and stuff like that. So it must be that because right. he went over and did, a, I think, an extra part uh, in uh, Baywatch. From Baywatch, yeah, I saw that he had a couple of uh, pictures up, didn't he, with, yeah. the, with the rock. With the rock, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, God, that's, that's interesting. The, oh, man, the rock is unbelievable. Like, you know, he's obviously not the best actor ever but he's such a motivator like yeah, I, I just yeah. downloaded an app and it's a uh, the rock clock the rock clock yeah, yeah. like and, and he wakes you up he wakes you up every day like you know Seriously, i haven't heard about it with, 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 with a little message um will i will i play it yeah, yeah. go on yeah yeah okay. that's amazing so i'm just gonna find this. out what uh what other tv show it is that carl pendridge because when i seen it I was like holy it, shit fair play it, it should be on one of his tweets so like you can choose you can choose different alarms you know like there's the silverback so this is a silverback (laughs) and then this is um, this is uh, beach jams oh I love it love it but the best best one is the classic this is the one I wake up to (laughs) (laughs) that's the rock (laughs) I can do that beast jam man I'm telling you if I done that my showers would be in slow motion <laughs> I just, knew you'd love that the second that, I heard Mark play that I was like Danny that, loves that's me. that I'm, I love cheese and that involves yeah. cheesy music man he's, he's, just, he's, a good he's unbelievable though. isn't he oh, like, he's, yeah he's unbelievable he's, he's one of the highest eats, paid actors in but the world. he eats every day like you see he's, he, oh, the pictures stop. of it on, on you know on the Google images or whatever you can yeah, look at you see when he has a cheat day what he has for like on his, oh man he has like a stack of like 20 something pancakes three pizzas steak everything and I'm sitting there and I'm like I'd probably get through that by lunchtime, but you know, I mean, like it's just—it's ridiculous what he puts away. The dude's a beast, though. You don't yeah. think he's a good actor? Though? Well, not he's okay. Um, he's a good—he's a good like kind of leading man action, but he wouldn't go, suppose, that deep in terms of like you know what I mean. I—I I think Arnold Schwarzenegger is probably a better actor, mm-hmm. even though he wouldn't be ama- amazing. Like, but I think some of his roles. But I—I I don't know. That's just my opinion, you know. Like, yeah, I, I've, I haven't seen that many of the Rock's films, so so it's hard to judge. But the ones I've seen, kind of seen trailers and stuff, so yeah, and, and um, one or two of them. Like he's not going to threaten Daniel Day Lewis anytime soon. No. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> but, but like, I think I think oh, kind of what you were saying earlier. Like certain guys have a certain sort of role and a certain demographic that you know what they can shoot towards, and that it'll work. Like, like yeah. even. San Andreas, so I went to see that. Like, and he's brilliant at that. It's not a was great he? film, but I thought it, The Rock was enjoyable in it. Right, know? right. Oh no, I haven't seen that. So yeah, yeah, no, maybe. Like the thing is, it's also based on the script, isn't it? Because yeah, if the script is really good and the character, you know, so yeah. yeah. Um, just back on the, the the whole martial arts thing. Cause that that that's amazing. Uh, just when you were saying about like you were thinking about are you employed rather to get fun to go over and do the whole thing and all that. Um, if ever you were gonna do like something on that sort of stuff there's two local lads you should probably talk to 
Um, Keen Cowley being mm. one of them, he went over to he's Toy Toy Boxing. All oh, right. Yeah, yeah and no he's, he's, he's currently local. training in SBG as well. Um, he's, he's, he's from Dunleary. Right. And then uh, Dara O'Connell, who we've had in the podcast, we've had both of them on the podcast actually, but he's uh, like Jiu Jitsu, just like. Run, belt. Yeah, he runs uh, East Coast Jiu Jitsu. Is that uh, Monkstown? Yeah. Yeah, 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 I've been doing that actually. Yeah. Oh, have you? Yeah, With yeah. Dar- yeah. Dar- yeah. Dar- is East Coast. I, I, I don't know the name of the guy, but there's, uh, there's a guy there, red hair, because yeah, I've only done, I've, I've only done a few months, like, and uh, yeah, he's like, he's meant to be really good. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Keen has well. his uh, Warriors toy box on, on the just in the corner of the Jiu Jitsu Academy. Right. So it's all yeah. in the same little park. Right, right, yeah. 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 We've had them on the show as well, both of right, them. Right, right, right. On separate times. Does he train with McGregor? Because I think yeah, the, yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, I heard that. Yeah, he's out in SBG. He's um, he's going to be fighting. He's not on the UFC card, but uh, the IMF, the IMMA. I always get this wrong. No. IMMAF. Yeah. International Mixed Martial Arts Association. Federation. Federate. <laughs> yeah, I knew I'd get it wrong. We even built up to it. I was like, yeah, hey, man. I am. He's fighting at the world. He's fighting at the world. Is he? In July, yeah. Yes. So, but, um, yeah, if ever you were going to do something and you were looking for local lads, I'd say definitely use them too. They're brilliant. Because yeah. he yeah, has yeah. worked with in TV for research purposes as well. Yeah, documentaries right. and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So. Jeez. Um, so yeah, sorry, that was just no, no, <laughs> no, no, definitely, man. Like uh, I'd love to do a, a martial arts film. Yeah, and I know? think with, with the momentum that it has over here at the moment as well, like it'd be definitely people would be swarming to what Absolutely, I say. Like, Absolutely, because you know the, I mean? the clubs, the MMA clubs, oh, popping up everywhere. Oh, I, mean, man, I think it's, it's great to see. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's amazing. I'd say brilliant. before, uh, I'd say before Connor got the call, as you said, for the UFC Stockholm. I'd say there, I think there was maybe three uh, SBG gyms. Yeah, and yeah. they're just everywhere. Yeah, yeah. SVG Tullamore, SVG uh, yeah. Straban, SGV Swords. They're just everywhere. It's great, though. It's great to see yeah. like Ireland having a proper development of something now. Like, and now something. the they're backing it now as well. Yeah, they're moving towards getting an actual right, proper. Yeah. Do you know what they're missing here? Like, I think the wrestling in school. Yeah. You know, it's such a it's such a uh, it's such a good thing for young men to do as well. You know, because letting out all that physical energy that young men have, and and it's also like it's an Olympic thing. It's, it can be mixed martial arts thing. Yeah, I just think they should bring it into into schools here. We we went to Lawrence College, um, yeah. and we had American brothers where the teachers. And a lot of the lads were asking them to bring in wrestling, but that yeah, was on the right. back of watching WWF. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so they're like seeing, they're seeing Stone Cold Steve uh, Steve oh, Austin. Man running amok and then they're asking brother Dave any chance to start in a wrestling class yeah. and he's like it's not the same it's lads not, you're he's not going to be going around serious like, <laughs> yeah. like that you know um, I remember I, I met a Randy Couture before and like he was saying one of the things about wrestling I wanted to like if a parent was to ask him about like should my child start wrestling whatever he's like it'll teach them to be the most patient in the world because you have to time everything and you have to like that whole thing of embrace the grind like so yeah what you were saying there about like sort of giving young lads that outlet as well there's so much value oh, man, I, th- I think like, uh, yeah I think I think wrestling or jiu-jitsu is the is the best in terms of just like them learning respect and stuff because you know if you do camp or you do boxing you don't have to submit to somebody you know when you get yeah. choked out you realise that you're not the centre of the universe and when you're that age as well I think that's great like when you're 12 you 13 14 yeah because yeah. yeah. if you're just doing you know a bit of camp and you're 
and you're winning all the time. You're winning. You think you're, you start building up, building up. You think you're great. But if you do jujitsu, you literally go in there day one, you get choked, you know, <laughs> and you're like on the ground, like, you know, and you're like tapping out. And, uh, I, I just think it's a brilliant thing for, for young lads to do. Yeah. I love listening to, um, I don't know if you ever listened to the Joe Rogan podcast, but uh, yeah. I love listening when he has Eddie Bravo on. Yeah. Him yeah. About oh, man, he's man. unbelievable. Yeah. So yeah. good. Like, yeah. No, I listened to that and uh, the fighter and the kid. You know, yeah, yeah, man, yeah. I, lo- I absolutely love Brian Callan. Yeah. I love him. He's dead. <laughs> Him and Brian Shab are quite good together. But yeah. Callan's amazing. Like, um, yeah, I could talk about them podcasts all day. Like, yeah, but don't because we're the best. <laughs> 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 we're appealing to the Irish audience yes, here now. Of yeah, course. That's it, man. <laughs> um, sorry, Mark. Because we're, we're nearly out of time, but we've a couple of minutes we can squeeze in. The, the whole activism thing you were talking about earlier. How did? How did you? get involved in that then uh well just like well my wife would have been a bit more involved politically but like just kind of going to different protests involved with people for profit uh different the uh, socialist party um you know and and just just like if there's an issue or if there's something that we felt that was you know important to to protest against like outside the israeli embassy or um, the blockades of uh, Gaza, like any anything like that, you know, and then obviously yeah. the the more the newer things like the the water charges and stuff. So, yeah, yeah. So just kind of it's just important, I think. You know, I think it's important for everybody to to be involved a little bit. Like, mm. you know, yeah. um, I wouldn't be kind of really really extreme to the left. You know, uh, I just think it's important um, that you constantly, you know, question the government because if you if you don't and they have complete control and complete saying there's no there's no protest uh i think they just run amok like and you see in other countries where it's just total corruption and then that just leaks down to communities and everything so you have to be involved i think in your community and then politically you know just yeah. everybody i think it's everybody's responsibility to just do it a little bit that's what i think yeah no, do you think fair. um with damien dempsey sometimes writing um anti-government kind of songs do you think that's why he's not really he doesn't really be on primetime television in Ireland um, like I know he was he was on Ray Darcy uh, a couple of weeks ago yeah 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 but yeah. I mean I, me personally I think Damien Dempsey should get a lot more coverage than he than he gets yeah do you think it's down to his subject in his songs it might be, yeah, like, it might be, but I think his new album is, is not so much, like, you oh, know. Mighty Love, is it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cause some of the tracks off that are just... Suicide and... Yeah, Suicide, the Canadian Geese. Geese. That the and Canadian that. Geese is one of the best songs I think I've ever heard. It's unbelievable, isn't it's it? The, the, the guitar the, and the, the singing in it. And the lyrics. Yeah. Because Damo, Damo's got a, a kind of an... It's a different voice, like, you know, because when my dad listens to Damo or... Like, he, he wouldn't be a big fan of Damo. He, he's obviously, my dad was like, ah, oh, Luke Kelly, you can't beat that voice. And obviously yeah. Luke, Luke's got this broad, like, you know, amazing singing voice. But, but Damo's interesting and really good in, in the kind of, in the tone. Like, he, he can go really high and then really low. Oh, yeah. So it's a really unique voice. It's like Peter Tosh or something, you know, uh, Bob Marley and the Wailers. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but everyone praises Bob Marley, you know. But Peter Tosh, for me, was a better singer. And he he actually taught Bob Marley how to play the guitar. He was his teacher, yeah. so he he's like the other singer in the Whalers, you know. Um, but for me, he he's a better singer, you know, than, yeah. than but even though Bob Marley's amazing as well. But so Damo's voice is kind of, you know, it might not cross borders too much. It might be because it's quite dubbing and it's it's got this 
kind of weird but like it's got such melody to it and, yeah. and it's got such a bard quality it's, it's something deep soulful you know you can't really even describe or explain when someone like Damo or Sinead O'Connor starts singing you can't, yeah. it's like it's something yeah. that just goes back centuries it's something deep inside it just comes out certainly like, Sinead O'Connor is, is mm, goosebumps yeah. I think to an extent for both of them but I think particularly with Damo I don't mean just the sound kind of um, as downbeat as it does but I think Damo's one of them that I don't think we'll ever see the full appreciation until he's gone if that makes sense Yeah, I think he's mm. one of them that like that obviously the people who like because I mean if, if you go to a, one of his gigs even you see the love that people who are yeah. into him are into him you know what I mean yeah. but like what you were kind of saying there about he maybe but, doesn't get he doesn't get the recognition, but as well, I mean, we, Christy Moore was on the Late Late Show um, two weeks ago, and he sang a protest song, Oblivious. Yeah. yeah. It was written by Mick Blake. Now, it took someone of the kind of caliber of Christy Moore to be allowed to sing that on a prime time RTE Late Late Show. Mm. I'm just wondering, like Mick Blake, who wrote it, would he? He wouldn't have been afforded the opportunity. I'm just wondering, obviously he wouldn't be afforded the opportunity because Christy Moore is a legend and he's gone years and stuff like that. But is that, at times like that, are they kind of running out? Is Christy Moore the last hope in Irish music with protest songs that will actually be able to, to sing them on primetime RTE television? Mm, he, was, he, he, sang, he sang a protest song about um, Diageo on primetime yeah. one night. Mm. Like, I, I, I'm just hoping that Damo can because I think he deserves it can get to that level and it's not just about protest songs but particularly Oblivious the song um, about the government screwing us over um, he got to sing that on the irony of him singing on the Late Late Show it's it's true though and I I know what you're saying because Christy would be very left wing like and he'd always talk about you know those things in a lot of his songs and Luke Kelly did as well you know but and they did tend to get more mainstream you know beyond the tv more like the late late show and that stuff but i don't know if it's just that because damo maybe maybe christie's is just a little bit more commercial in terms of his voice you know it's more Mm. just it's just more regulated like and it's more damo's just got this voice that some people don't like and other people are love it like are just so passionate about it i think it is you know but like i I, man i've been listening like i was playing demo to mexicans when i was riding around the bronx you know when i lived over there in new york and i was working in the bronx and they were they were loving it i was playing different tracks this is back in 2001 when i had like one of his early albums the main you know the the, the main factories on it like um, and i've been to i've been to so many demo gigs like i I actually, I actually introduced John, John Johnny to to Damo, you know John John Connors yeah, to yeah, yeah. yeah like I said ah oh, this this guy you know John Johnny came along to one of his concerts and uh, he was just blown away by him like so um yeah. I, I yeah I think he's brilliant he definitely doesn't get the recognition mm. you know that he that he should yeah I I, I agree with that myself like I. Uh, like and I, I I said it before when we were talking to John I've only seen Damo once live um well twice but one once in concert and then once I happened to be in a radio station when he was in um, but yeah he is I think and when you see him live as well and you see that that power that he can put into a song as well like it's just mind blowing yeah. when he sings Canadian Geese he gets actually emotional and you're kind of going what is he yeah I've seen him seen him sing it in um, the church 
on Henry Street, is it? The church? The pub? Called the church? I have no idea, man. I'm brutal with place names. <laughs> <laughs> it's the church now turned into a pub. Um, and I, I was front row at that and I was seeing him I was looking at him singing it and there was tears coming out of his eyes he just <laughs> needed to take it because it's about oh sorry I don't sorry wrong song Chris and Steve Chris and Stevie yes yeah, Chris yeah, and yeah. Stevie is That's where crazy, I've huh? seen him get emotional about yeah. his two mates that um, died yeah. by suicide yeah um, he's, yeah he's just I've seen, I've seen him so many places just him and Christy are just legends yeah absolutely yeah, yeah I fully agree with that I just hope it's. I hope he's afforded the same opportunity, say as Christy, because you're talking about Christy with a commercial voice. But if he wasn't, if he wasn't mainstream, Christy Moore would still be playing in pubs. You know, he mm. just loves music and loves passing messages on left wing messages, <laughs> perhaps, <laughs> but the most of the time. But kind of like minority uh, underdog stories. Yeah, that's what it is. Th- that's all. Yeah. That's all he is. The working man. Or the working man, exactly. The, the ordinary man. Ordinary man. That's <laughs> it. Yeah. Just great. Just to balance this out, I'd like to say that I quite enjoyed Andy Kenny's performance at Bruce Springsteen last week. <laughs> to uh, balance it out, oh, <laughs> playing an air guitar <laughs> with an playing, acoustic, playing an air guitar and uh, making. And all around tit of himself, I think. <laughs> the best way he's allowed to have fun, I suppose. Um, oh yeah, look, everybody's yeah. loud enough, aren't they? Who was though. who was with him? It looked like his like John. I know she's not she's not in the government she's anymore. The she, government she, but it looked like his cabinet or something. Like yeah, they all looked yeah. kind of like they're in a political part. And he's kind of like pointing. He's turned around, pointing <laughs> at them all. Like it was, yeah. it was a bit weird. But they're having fun, so you but know. Yeah. Spe- speaking of the cabinet, will your kind of line of work now be affected? Because there's no minister for arts at the moment. Um, well, there's, yeah, it was like there's kind of been a couple of things going on there, but the funding I think is going to be the same for the film board and the same for BEI. But for me, it just depends on pro- project by project if I can get funding for whatever we're doing, you know. Yeah, but um, does, does the money be? I know with, with me and trying to get wheelchairs uh, of the government, <laughs> you get you you put the application in in the January. You should definitely get that before we should get the film funding. <laughs> <Should like>, Jesus, <laughs> no, no, I'm not comparing. I'm just have you been rejected for that? No. <laughs> don't I was. Him. Don't, he gets a new set of wheels every week. Don't mind. <laughs> don't mind him. I'm, I'm just wondering: is it the same process where uh, my um, he's right? Even a Ferrari chair, did you see that? <laughs> <laughs> chair is made by Ferrari. Gary Mackle be all over us. What was I trying to say? What the hell is your man's name? Which one? Who are you talking about? You know the. I've have what's his name? What's his even? Oh. I don't know. I thought you had it. Doesn't matter, right? I've they always say to me, apply the funding after the budget is out in January. Try and get your application for your new chair in January or February when I'm applying for them. Jeez. Is it the same with the film board? <laughs> the budget's out. Go in and get. make sure. Like, Do you have to write so that your script is finished and that you can make the application in January or February? Or does it matter what year, time of the year? No, it, it doesn't matter. Like You can apply You can apply any time of the year. But Cardboard Gangsters didn't get funding anyway, so, oh, <laughs> so it doesn't matter. <laughs> It got turned down by the film board, so yeah. And is that is will that be in the our cinemas? No. Yeah, yeah. It's it got, it's going to be in all the cinemas. Yeah, it's got like distributor uh, Wildcard. So yeah, brilliant. Like and after after Galway. Is so, there a release date I, for the I think, for national I, cinema? I think it's October actually. Damn. So July. Can me 9th. and Danny go to the premiere? Yeah, man. <laughs> Jesus, of course. So I was uh, you should come to Gal- you come to Galway for the for the July nine premiere. You yeah, know, you bring a day. You were in Vegas. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, sorry. I might be at the Stone Roses. That's it, yeah. Yeah. There's a couple of people that can't make it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but look, July night, go away. Cinematic release then October. October. Yeah. And in the meantime, then you're going to be working on a TV series that we may be seeing. Maybe what twenty seventeen? Hopefully. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, like hopefully twenty seventeen. That's when we'll be shooting or early. You know, hopefully. See Brilliant. how it goes, and if we get the funding, and then whoever's yeah. listening, watch Between the Canals, watch King of the Travellers, watch Stalker. Yeah, definitely. three brilliant films. Yeah, completely. Thanks, man. Thank you, um, Mark. Look, thanks, man, for your time. If people want to follow you on the Twitter, follow F O L L Y. Where can I do that? Um, Twitter is uh, Mark O'Connor uh, Film. I think. Brand. Yeah, Mark O'Connor Film. Brand. Yeah, that's it. Good stuff, and as Brian said, check out the films, give Mark a follow. Oh, I and teach a screenwriting cool. course as well. Yes. Free plug, yes, free plug. Get it in, yes. get it in, man. Get uh, it in, yes. What is it like? Um, I'm teaching that, yeah. The next one's in August, so if anyone's interested in kind of learning the craft of screenwriting, it's it's a full on, uh, intense workshop over two days, you know, and uh, just tells it goes through everything, you know, from the character to building the story and uh. You know, treatment, everything. You know, so involved. Where, in, in where do you do it? Where is this? Uh, just do it in town, in the in the lab in uh, Foley Street. In oh, there, yeah, so. the lab. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's uh, what's this? the Facebook is uh, screenwriting in Dublin. So free plugs, thanks. Oh, what a man! Yeah, no, look, anything uh, with closer to August, we'll put it out on our Facebook and all as well for you. So yeah. Yeah. And it was th- that pe- that person's name I was thinking of was my occupational therapist. Always tells me to put my application for wheelchairs in January. Right, okay. That's what I couldn't think. <laughs> His profession. Sorry, Ronan. <laughs> Wonder where you're going with that. Well done, <laughs> brilliant. Right, so check out Mark on Twitter. Check out Between the Canals. Uh, Carbar Gangster when it comes out. Make sure you keep your eyes out for that. Stalker, and uh, then check out the screenwriting as well and King of Travellers oh King of Travellers as well sorry um, is it's across two days is it that's you said the screenwriting thing sorry. yeah 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 it's across two so, days so yeah. workshop could be good you could go do you enjoy doing them yeah which do you enjoy doing them yeah man I love it you know um, yeah I, I I keep learning stuff though and having to change the, the, the course <laughs> like you know just learn a little bit extra and I'm like oh shit I don't think that's fully so I have to develop you know so you have your powerpoint slides and you're like oh shit now yeah, I need to yeah. <laughs> throw that out like <laughs> deadly <laughs> deadly um, as always look we're brought to you by Fitzpatrick Castle so check out fitzpatrickcastle.com or uh, facebook.com forward slash Fitzpatrick Castle pop up from here in Cloyney and uh, tell them we sent you you can check out our previous episodes on iTunes on Stitcher on Podbean anywhere and everywhere this podcast just search WTS Pod and we're there facebook.com forward slash WTS Pod Ireland and Twitter at WTS Pod you got it all in one got it all <laughs> for the first time because it was the first week I've done it yes. <laughs> I was like oh, will I push him like, yeah, I, was wait, I, push I was waiting for you to jump in you had that little excited head in your eye at American Mania for yeah. you everywhere and anywhere I'm at Dan Joe Murray yeah look let's keep keep listening he's like great thanks very much for the support rate review subscribe all that crack but until next week good luck god bless thanks lads thanks Mark. <laughs>